Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 56, Staying Silent. One who is aware does not talk. One who talks is not aware. Ceasing verbal expressions, stopping the entry of sensations, dulling its sharpness, releasing its entanglements, tempering its brightness, and unifying with the earth. This is called the identity of Tao. Hence, no nearness can reach her, nor distance affect her. No gain can touch her, nor loss disturb her. No esteem can move her, nor shame distress her. Thus, she is the most valuable person in the world. That's verse 56 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Shang Shuang Yang. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. So part one, yeah, we're talking. <laughs> Does that mean we don't know the Tao? <laughs> and part two, keeping close to our gifts. Okay, so it's obvious that we've been talking about the Tao this entire time. In fact, Lao Tzu himself talks about the Tao. Lots of folks talk about the Tao. Does that mean that we don't know it? No. I think there's a deeper message here to which we can connect. And that is that our relationship with the Tao is actually something that we can't put into words. We talked about words as being tools or road signs that allow us to kind of understand the intent, understand 
you know, the concepts of things. But the words in and of themselves are not the thing. Way back in the beginning, we talked about learning about dancing and actually dancing. And so I think this is a reiteration of that. It doesn't necessarily mean for me that I can't talk about the Tao and (laughs) be ignorant about it at the same time. I think what we're getting at is in the purest form is a remembrance that the Tao is experience. The Tao is a feeling. Harmony with the Tao is something that I work for. It's not something that I talk about. I mean, sure, I can allude to it. I can talk about the cool things and everything like that, but I, I can't really communicate the Tao. The only person that's capable of understanding and experiencing the Tao is me and you. It's a very, very personal thing. So I think that's the intent behind this first part. Now, part two talks about keeping close to our gifts. So what does that mean? Well, for me, it means that when I find myself in harmony with the Tao or moving toward the Tao or receiving the gifts of the Tao, you know, sometimes what happens is when I go and I share about it, the joy that I feel dissipates a little quicker. (laughs) It's almost like this don't kiss and tell type thing. (laughs) Now, Obviously, I don't want to keep all of my experiences secret so that nobody else can know them. That's not the point either. I think the idea is to experience what I'm experiencing and knowing that everybody else can have the same experience. I don't need to go and tell people that the sky is blue and that plants have green leaves and that, you know, that I'm a person. I just don't need to state the obvious. And if I have a personal revelation, sure, I can share that with folks who need to hear it at the time. But I'm not the person to decide that. Tao is. So I think that for me, I have found that keeping close to my gifts and releasing them when it is time, when specified by the Tao, I'm more in a position to enjoy them and use them for what they were intended. So let's wrap that up. We can remember that verse 56 has two parts to it. And the first part is, yeah, we're talking. Does that mean we don't know the Tao? And part two talks about keeping close to our gifts. So let's put that back together. I'll read verse 56 again. One who is aware does not talk. One who talks is not aware. Ceasing verbal expressions, stopping the entry of sensations, dulling its sharpness, releasing its entanglements, tempering its brightness, and unifying with the earth. This is called the identity of Tao. Hence, no nearness can reach her, nor distance affect her. No gain can touch her, nor loss disturb her. No esteem can move her, nor shame distress her. Thus, she is the most valuable person in the world. 
Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering staying silent. There are two things. Number one is being careful to not kiss and tell. And number two is moving into unity. Being careful to not kiss and tell. In verse 51, we talked about giving freely in order to move into harmony. In verse 52, we said that the way we continue to get better at giving freely was to integrate ourselves with the Tao. In verse 53, we were urged to continue on the path and not get distracted by things. 54 reminded us that everything we do for the good of ourselves benefits and changes the whole world. And the last verse showed us what all of that looks like if we continue to practice. Now, in verse 56, we are presented with a final call to remembrance before we head into a different direction in verse 57. We'll, dis- we'll see discussions on how to govern or lead others and or ourselves in those verses. So this verse, 56, I feel like After all we've been considering for the past five episodes, Lao Tzu provides us with a final thought. And it seems to be this. Don't kiss and tell with the universe. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I have experienced some true, correct, and wonderful things and feelings along my journey with the Tao. There have been times when I just want to tell everybody about how cool it all is. Perhaps I've had an experience when I felt intimately connected with my environment. Perhaps I've experienced using the creative power of the Tao. Perhaps I've grown a little and have had a paradigm shift. Yeah, of course. I want to tell people about it. My world just changed. How could I not talk about it? At first, after an experience like that, I would tell whomever I could. My spouse, my friends, anyone who would listen, really. I really felt like I was making progress, you know? Like, I was all, look, I'm growing, I'm doing it. Like, look, ma, no hands. (laughs) I feel like it's okay to get excited about connecting with a Tao. After all, we're realizing that, number one, we're tapping into a vast and powerful source. And that, two, we've always had access to it and therefore always will. But knowing that now, really knowing that, based on experience and evidence, well, that just feels different, doesn't it? So it's a new experience. Definitely exciting. I'd be lying if I told you I was all in the middle, not happy about it, not sad about it, just accepting this as is without any internal emotional reaction. (laughs) And the fact is, I'm just not there yet. And that's okay. I mean, as I continue to become accustomed to growing into the Tao, that excitement abates a little, and I realize that I've only just begun to experience it. But I started noticing something when I would tell people about my adventures, and it wasn't because I became super aware of it on my own either. It was this verse and other sources that hinted to me that maybe I shouldn't be going around and blabbing about my growth. But why, I asked. Isn't this joyful? Isn't this something I should be sharing? You can, said the Tao. You can share all you want. 
But guess what happens when you do? You carve the block. <laughs> you take the power out of what you have received and you will feel that joy that you have dissipates more quickly. Hmm. So, okay. Yeah. I've learned that when I have paradigm shifting experiences because of my efforts to move into harmony, if I want to hold on to those lessons and make them a part of me, I must stay quiet about them. That's just my experience. Yours may look different. All I know is now, for me, despite the temptation I have to talk about it, I am better off if I hold it inside and accept whatever has occurred as a precious personal gift. <laughs> kind of like what Morpheus meant when he told Leo, what the oracle told you was for you and you alone. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> now, does that mean that I withhold information or my experience with people when they ask? I don't think so. Of course, we're here to help each other. But I must be careful about oversharing. And not just because I'll diminish the beauty of my gift either. I can also be practicing compassion simultaneously when I am judicious about what I share and what I don't. Have you noticed that sometimes someone may not be ready to hear what you have to say? I have, for sure. I haven't been ready to hear things from others also. The Tao, it seems, prompts us to act and to talk when it's time in the manner and depth it specifies. So, I don't need to go out of my way to not share. I mean, this stuff isn't secret, nor is it meant to be. It's to be given freely to those who are ready and willing to receive it. So, I may allow my experiences to come up in conversation, and if I'm asked, I can share about the bigger picture. When I share out of willingness to give freely and not because I want people to know, I do retain my gift, and I pass it on to others in the way that they need in that moment. Moving into unity. In this podcast, we've talked an awful lot about the importance of removing selfish desires, loving others, serving others, having compassion for them. We've also talked extensively about using the light to find our way back, using the light to help others regardless of their worthiness. We've talked about integrating our shadows, namely that process by which we may continually refine our life energy and in so doing, enabling ourselves to move closer to harmony with the Tao. It's simple once we come to an understanding. <laughs> but one of the beautiful things about it for me is that there is so much to practice. And yet there's not. Taken by each of its pieces, I can be deliberate about a great deal of it. I can create routines. I can make sure I do X, Y, and Z every day. And I would be cultivating myself. I feel like if I did this, there would quickly not be enough time or hours in the day to accomplish all that cultivating. <laughs> And just like an overwatered plant, I'd probably become fatigued and say, eh, I don't think I'll do this anymore. So what to do? Prioritize? Think, oh, well, how do I optimize my practices so I'll grow the quickest in the most efficient manner? Perhaps. 
I mean, I could do that. The Dow doesn't care one way or the other, does it? But what if, what if I allow the Dow to show me? Now this, for me right now, is difficult to do. I've come from a place where I was asleep, unaware of the Dow, unaware of its power, and unaware of the fact that the Tao's power is within me. And now that I've begun the awakening process and have sensed this awesome thing, this new life, I want it all. I want it all at once. I want to experience as much of it as I can because, you know, I'm like 44 now and I've only just started. I've only got 40 more years, maybe. And the kicker is that time seems to be going by quicker now that I'm older. <laughs> Okay. Did you ever see those pieces of art? Let's call them made of pieces where there's a thing, an object, a picture of a face, whatever. And when you look closer, you see it's made up of other pictures. Like there's actually no picture or object in the first place. It's just a collection of things. Well, I wonder if I'm like that. When I call me... It's really just a collection of things, memories, experiences, judgments, emotions, past and present, that happened to occur in my life. Maybe who and what I think I am are just that collection of stuff. So there is no me per se, is there? I mean, there's this body, there's this character, this attitude, and everyone interacts with this form of Dan, but once things are untangled, I see that there really isn't any one entity that's <laughs> that's Dan. The notion that I am seems to be an illusion of sorts. The illusion that this collection of stuff makes up an actual thing. So back to the cultivating idea. If I deliberately set routines and try to optimize my awakening, aren't I doing that and making a false assumption? That by being in control of what I do and how and when I do it, I'm really working on that which doesn't exist? (laughs) So what if I allow the Tao to choose for me? What if I could say, I am willing to cultivate my character by abandoning desires, by accepting reality as it is presented to me, by using my emptiness to allow the Tao to flow in and share it freely with others so they may benefit as well. What if I just held on to that attitude and process and let the Tao take me where it would? Again, I'm not saying that I should sit around and wait for things to magically appear, although that does occur once in a while. But that never happens without starting it with some sort of intention I've set. So allowing the Tao to show me what and when to cultivate. Here, Dan, water this over here. Water that over there. Pull up those weeds. Don't put this one in full sunlight yet. If I'm willing to do the work and have cleared away my desires to the best of my ability, I become the Tao's vessel. And now the final lines of this verse start to make sense. Hence, no nearness can reach her, nor distance affect her. No gain can touch her, nor loss disturb her. No esteem can move her, nor shame distress her. Thus, she is the most valuable person in the world. 
Without an identity, love and hate don't exist. Nearness to and distance from others don't matter. Without an identity, what is there to gain? What is there to lose? Without a me, where is prestige? Where is shame? As I allow the Tao to move me, I become inextricably involved in cooperation with it. I am the hands that move the materials and seeds and water. The Tao is the inspiration and the external factors and the magic of life. The same magic of life that I have, by the way. The same magic of life that you have, by the way. By always welcoming opportunities to grow, to refine, we are taking a willing and active role in moving into harmony with it. We are learning. We are growing. We are assuming our natural and rightful places as the Tao. <laughs> That's my interpretation of the mystic unity anyways. I suspect that this looks different for everyone. I am grateful that you've given me an opportunity to share this with you today. Thank you for listening to me. So to wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering staying silent, I thought about two things. Number one was being careful to not kiss and tell. And number two is moving into unity. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of staying silent in this verse today. We can silently observe the Tao in our relationships, at home, at work, and with friends. So let's call to mind the people that are the closest to us. In the last few weeks or months, have they changed a little bit? Are their attitudes or habits a little different from their recent past? For me, recently, I've been able to get into some deeper conversations with my wife. We've traded a few more smiles. How about your pets, if you have any? Have their behaviors or attitudes changed? We're not looking for big changes. We're just trying to observe subtle things. My cats, for example have been coming closer to me lately. Okay, now that we've got our family situations in mind now, let's ask ourselves, have I changed in the last couple of weeks or months? Do I think things now that I didn't before? Have my attitudes about the people I live with changed? Is there more or is there less conscious Tao in my life lately? Again, we're just looking for small, subtle changes within ourselves. For example, because of you, I have had the chance to think more deeply about each of the verses. And as a result, I have felt more solid in my spirituality. Okay, so let's now ask ourselves, was there anything that changed in me as a result of my efforts or no efforts to get closer with the Tao that 
contributed to the changes in my family or my pets. If my loved ones have changed, and my thoughts and attitudes have changed, can I observe that those changes are linked together? That if I continue practicing harmony with the Tao for myself, others around me will also change? Let's think about work now. Have our relationships changed there? Do we have more drama? Less drama? More cooperation? Less cooperation? There's a general attitude we can be aware of, like the culture at work, and there's the personal interactions we have with others that we can observe. Let's start with our personal interactions. How have those changed? Do you feel warmly about your coworkers? Not necessarily the group, just individuals with whom you interact. Are they enjoying interacting with you, maybe? Now let's ask ourselves, how have I contributed to this relationship? Have I provided anything positive to it? Have I provided anything negative to it? And how does that affect our productivity? Now let's pull back a little and consider how our attitudes and individual relationships affect the group's general attitude. Have we contributed positively to it? Or negatively? Remember, we're not judging, we're just observing. Just appreciating how our being there and interacting with coworkers, we affect each other's lives. All right, now let's look at friends. Have our relationships changed lately? Do we talk to some and not so much to others? Are we making new friends? Are we enjoying interacting with our normal connections? And as we did with family, let's pause and consider if any of our friends have changed in their attitudes toward us. And, like with family, let's ask ourselves, how do we contribute to that? In all of our interactions, let us be silent observers of the Tao, flowing through us into others and from others into us. Let us be aware of this life force that we trade around with each other, we talked about refining our energy before. How can we do our best to contribute to that energy refinement with people external to us? More importantly, how can we do that silently without calling attention to it or wanting to get credit for it? Can we try our best for now to move into harmony with the Tao and without talking about it, just silently acknowledging it can we observe the invisible, tiny ripple effect our internal refinement causes in others around us? <laughs> now, this one takes a little introspection for sure. 
I'm only just becoming aware of this possibility. As we practice this week, just allow this little exercise to come into your awareness. And when the time is right, take a moment to appreciate how your efforts to move closer with the Tao have improved yourself and others around you. In your endeavors, as always, I wish you peace, humility, and compassion. And so, that'll wrap it up today. To consider the principle of staying silent, we can silently observe the Tao in our relationships at home, at work, and with friends. To close out this episode, I'll leave you the final reading of verse 56 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Shang Shuangyun. One who is aware does not talk. One who talks is not aware. Ceasing verbal expressions, stopping the entry of sensations, dulling its sharpness, releasing its entanglements, tempering its brightness, and unifying with the earth. This is called the identity of Tao. Hence, no nearness can reach her, nor distance affect her. No gain can touch her, nor loss disturb her. No esteem can move her, nor shame distress her. Thus, she is the most valuable person in the world. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.